Hey, Zion, tell me about yourself. Oh, well, I'm just an average guy living and working in Vietnam. I used to be a woman. I keep a blog. Um, I dabble in comedy. I had to sit down for this one. Zan, for real, who are you? Well, just like I said earlier, I'm just an average guy living and working in Vietnam. I do a little bit of comedy. I like to write. Mm -hmm. But some things I don't get to discuss that often is the fact that I am transgendered. Or, as I would say, I'm a trans man. Trans man. Yeah. Hello, trans man. Hello, Mika. <laughs> what else can I say? Well, Mika, one, thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, to have this opportunity to share a little bit about my life, I think is fun, but also quite important during these times. Um, I think that visibility is really important when it comes to uh, trans issues and how we're dealing with the world these days. It's been quite tough in the States, so I think it's important that I get out there and, mm -hmm. and share my story with people. Thank you for being here. So, Zion, why have you decided to change your gender? Can you share with us about your transformation? Uh, sure. I would say that I didn't really change my gender. What I have done has, um, through a little bit of surgery, therapy, a lot of therapy, and hormone replacement therapy, I've just aligned myself more physically with my gender because that lives here mm -hmm. and lives right here. So that's more of what... I consider my transformation. A lot of people do get caught up on the physical changes, and of course these happen, uh, but this, uh, these changes also take a lot of time. Um, developing your second sex characteristics, like for me, a deeper voice, um, stronger bones and thicker muscles and tendons, things of that takes a lot of time to, to develop and change as a person. So can you tell us a bit more, when have you started this journey? How did you come up to realize that this body, that your original body was not suitable for you? Okay, great. Um, so I have started, I started my transition about 20 years ago. I'm about 20 years now. 20 years young. Yes, 20 years young. Um, so as I continue to discuss these issues, I think I should just make it aware that I am older, so a lot of my vocabulary is, could be outdated. So I don't want to offend anyone or lead people to believe that what I'm saying is the end as far as like discussing LGBTQIA issues. Um, so 20 years ago, I found myself uh, in a place where I was quite uncomfortable with my life. So many things um, culminating uh, to the point where I needed to make this decision to change. I was very fortunate living in San Francisco at the time, so I had a lot of resources. I had a lot of community that I could get support from. So my transition, I wouldn't say it was easy. Growing in life isn't easy. There's a lot of changes that I needed to wrap my head around. Um, but... I really had that support. That's what I needed to to thrive. And, you know, changes go from every level. It's not just a physical change, it's emotional and mental changes, especially as your brain is being washed over by a different hormone. Socially, as people see me differently, there are a lot of changes that I need to go through. 
sometimes you lose friends. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes you lose family. Uh, but I would say in general, I am one of those individuals that has found a lot of love from the people around me. And within that, I've been able to love myself. And that is a key component as far as like living your authentic self, having that space to love yourself. And can we come back a little bit in the timeline of your life? Uh, at what age you realize that you want to do these changes? When have you started? Are you still doing some kind of procedures? Like where, tell us about the evolution of your persona. Okay, well, 20 years ago, I was not quite middle-aged, um, still young, but uh, early 30s, as far as like starting my transition, starting to identify as trans. Um, single, living in San Francisco at that time. Uh, years of therapy was involved um, before starting any kind of physical changes. But also when we had the talk, you told me that first you came out as a lesbian. Oh, that was the first stage, Yeah, right? this is true. I came out as a lesbian um, because from the earliest that I can remember, I've always been attracted to females. So it made sense to come out as a lesbian at the time, not really aware of how complex sexuality, sex, and gender mm -hmm. can actually be. Um, having that information is quite important um, to help people really wrap their heads around uh, gender and sexuality and that there is, there is a difference. So I was very involved as far as like lesbian community and very social. And then from there, I really got involved with uh, activism, especially with trans activism. I was involved with an organization called FTMI International, which stands for female to male. And that is, again, some dated vocabulary. And within this organization around the world, people would get together mm -hmm. electronically. And back then we had Yahoo groups where people could ask all kinds of questions. People could give advice. Also an opportunity to get different resources from different areas of the world. And so you first you come out as a lesbian, you find uh, a group, a support group, and then you decide to go full way to transform your gender. Yeah. What, like, how was it been for you, like going from one gender to another gender? What has changed for you? Wow, so much has changed. Um, like I mentioned before, you know, socially, what comes up is you really have to get into the mindset that I'm moving around in the world as a man. Mm. People are beginning to see me as a man. People are beginning to see me as a black man. Um, so there are some heavy things that fall onto your shoulders when you move in the world differently. I would say that for me, I've noticed that men have it easier and there are certain concerns that men don't have their safety when they're walking down the street. Uh, men get very few cat calls uh, when they're walking down the street. Men can command a lot of space around themselves where when I was a woman, that wasn't so much. More people were in my space. Um, one thing I miss though as a woman is clean bathrooms. This is a privilege I no longer it's important. get to have. Sorry. You cannot have it all, you know, at the end of the day, you can't. I guess in the end, you can't. But I guess it's a small sacrifice to, uh, to pay. 
Yes. To feel to feel yourself. It's small, but it is still a comfort. It's <laughs> gone. <laughs> but when you were uh, like, I'm really curious to see like life, like because you experienced both. Like you were a woman, you became a man. Like what have you noticed switching from men, and that you think men, biological men or trans men, should keep in mind when look at women? Um, I think space is a is a huge thing. Um, when I'm in a meeting, even if I'm not a manager, I still have more authority over females who are in the meeting. Mm. I can I tend to be the last word. There aren't any questions after that. For women, that's not so much. People are going to continue to ask until someone pushes them to someone where they think they have authority. And men mm. are viewed that way, whether or not they have that actual position or not. Um, I think voice is also very important. Women are extremely important. Women have a perspective of things that men are simply not aware of. Again, safety, uh, space, even the fact that women have so much knowledge that they can share, but a lot of times we second guess it or we don't give them the authority that they deserve. Even if they have the credentials, they're still doubted. So I think space and allowing a voice is a really important thing. Zion, I would like to ask you, which challenges have you been through when you transiting from being a woman going to a man? And as you said, of being also uh, like an older trans man and being black. The main challenge has been um, a type of invisibility. Um, it's challenging as a trans man being so masculine mm. <clears throat> that when I go into a queer space, I'm, I'm questioned. Mm. Um, for gay men, I might be a threat mm. because now I'm another person in the dating pool. Um, if I'm in a woman's space, they're definitely questioning why I'm there. They have no idea that I have a female past. And that... That can be kind of isolating. When I go out to certain events, I might wear a t-shirt that has a big T on it that actually says trans, just so I can kind of, you know, verify that I belong in this space too. Um, so there's that in the, uh, invisibility. But also as a black man, there's a certain level of in invisibility in the sense that it doesn't matter how much education that I have, doesn't matter my life experience, at a certain level, it's really, it's one of those things that I have to work even harder to validate mm. why I'm there. Wow. There's, there's a double the work just to be on the same level. You mean in work, in relationship, in society? In society, yes. In U.S. or in Vietnam? Uh, I would say mostly in the U.S. Mostly in the U.S. And how do you feel the difference like when you... Being trans men in Vietnam and being trans men in USA, what's the main differences for you? I have less fear. Wow. Yeah, I have less fear. Of what? Um, of being found out, of being an out trans person. I'm scared of trying to access different things in society as a trans person. I have the ability to walk around and no one knows. Mm -hmm. What if... For example, there was a time that I was married. What if there was an accident and 
I wasn't allowed to go see my partner because someone questioned whether or not I could be there because I'm trans. Because they'll low, they'll low make it illegitimate as far as like our marriage or us being together. So, you know, there are quite there are quite a few challenges that people in the U.S. are are facing because they're being targeted. In Vietnam, I'm not being targeted. In Vietnam, I am well beyond able to live a quite peaceful life and have the have the support of the friends that I have and not face a lot of discrimination that I would in the U.S. Mm. And how do you, like, how do you see life daily? I mean, you've been with yourself for 50 years. You've been in this new body for 20 years. But do you still somehow, like, connect with the older you? Like, is it still around with you or, like, it's, it's the past? Yeah, it's the past. I think for some people, they're able to kind of, like, embrace that spirit and say that their former self was their sister. Um, but for me, I've always been Zion. Mm -hmm. It's the past is just a different form of Zion. So um, I'll talk about my past with some people and what I share with them is exactly how I felt my past was. Talking about doing sports, I felt like a little boy doing sports. I know I wasn't at that time, but that's how I felt. So when I talk with people and I share my life with people, um, I am being authentic. If I don't add the fact that I'm trans to it, I mean, does that really change my story? This is like one little piece of who I am because up here has always been the same. And is it important for you to be recognized as a trans man or as a man? I use the term trans man because I do want people to recognize that we exist. We are part of the world. Um, but I am just a man. Mm. One thing I really like and admire about you is that you've been like so far away to become the person that you are. And it was so many years ago and you mentioned it was harder by being black, being in the US, but you still did it. And I think if somebody see you on the street, they, they can never question your past. But do you have a message for other people out there who would like to be to become themselves, either through transformation, like seeking the dream, but just get become the person that they want? I think the first thing is to find a way to love yourself. Mm. There's a lot in the world that is working against us all. So I think the most important is if you can love yourself. Once you have that, you are capable of sending that out. You're capable of, um, of showing people that you are authentic, you are possible, whatever it is that you want to be. Mm. What is your mission, personally? Because you, you embody so many different categories, like you are like a, in French you say, like a porte-parole. You represent different groups of people. Like, so what, what is your mission now that you, you came out, that you're comfortable in your skin, live in another country? Well, I think it would be that it's possible. I, I'm American. I believe in anything you put your mind to, you can do it. You just have to put the work into it. It's not easy work, but I think if it was easy, would we be in the positions that we're in in life? We, there wouldn't be anything to work for. There wouldn't be anything to appreciate. Mm. So I think that um, all in all, that love is important 
and finding finding that space that others are going to be building that love. And you think Vietnam is the right space for Vietnam, you? Somehow it is the right space. Mm -hmm. um, I left San Francisco and I have big love in San Francisco. Um, but I've managed to start building big love here in Vietnam and in Saigon with these amazing people that come from all over the world, with so many different experiences. And somehow we're in this all together. Mm. And of course, there are some people who don't necessarily connect with me or with some other people, but the learning experience and the space to learn it here in Vietnam has just been amazing. And what have been the thoughts of your family and closed one during your journey and now? Um, you know, that's really difficult to say because a lot of my journey was far away from family. Um, in San Francisco, I had a lot of support from friends. And I think that during that time, there might have been some confusion, but we had space to talk things out. Um, we had time to spend with each other and kind of go through things together where my immediate family, we didn't do that. Mm. My family was in Southern California. Uh, my parents have retired to Texas. So they only got to see bits and pieces. At the same time, I know that they were affected extremely. Um, and for anyone to think that, you know, transitioning doesn't affect people, they're, mm. you, you always make a ripple effect, especially when you're challenging someone's reality. Mm. When, you know, your own identity is not what they thought it was. It wasn't what you thought it was. Mm -hmm. And when that changes, um, it can be upheaval. Mm. So I know that it was difficult for my family, but at the same time, they they rose to what family represents and they've been there for me. They've supported me um, with decisions that I've made. They might not have been happy about it, but I think at a certain point they began to see how I move in the world, how the world has seen me as male, that their previous view of a daughter and what that could have meant has changed. Mm. Have you ever regretted this decision? There hasn't been any regret. Nice. I think that's how we should live, guys, without regrets. Zion, we're coming to an end. I have one last question for you. Mm. With all your life experience and your knowledge and your wisdom, according to you, what can we do daily to become a better person? Tell one person in your life that you love them. I love you guys and I love you too. I love you, Mika. <laughs>